Uh, this is a story out of the globeandmail.com that caught my eye. Yesterday, business owners were able to start applying for the Canadian emergency wage subsidy to soften the economic blow of the COVID-19 outbreak. One outstanding question is, do business owners get their wages covered as well? We're joined by Dan Kelly, president and CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Welcome to the show, Dan. Good to have you on. Good morning. I understand that this is the top question raised on your toll-free helpline. So what's your answer? Uh, Can business owners get their wages covered? Yes, uh, as long as they're paying themselves a salary from the business. If there's a a family member that's receiving uh, income through, through a salary, uh, or, or the owner, him or herself, receiving a salary, they should be okay, and they can have that included up to the annual maximum of around sixty thousand uh, dollars into the wage subsidy. What you can't do as a business owner is if you pay yourself through dividends, and many business owners do, that isn't uh, allowed, and so you're not able to get any reimbursement from the government for, for dividends that you might otherwise pay yourself. So we have about, you know, probably 50-50 for most business owners as to whether they can actually uh, cover some of their income through that process. What's the uh, pl- the positive in paying yourself uh, out of dividends? Dividends generally uh, come at a, a bit of a lower tax treatment uh, to uh, to the owner when they pull money out that way. Of course, they still have to pay tax on on any money that they take from the business. But there's typically a, a better, you know, you're better in from a tax perspective of doing that. Um, but that's just one of, of course, a list of questions that business owners are, are asking us right now. The wage subsidy went into place yesterday. It does cover 75% of the wages for employees. There's all sorts of confusion, though, because lots of employees have been laid off and they're on the CERB benefit, the CERB. Mm-hmm. And now coming back to work, are their wages going to be covered? Can you apply and, and use both? So there's a ton of administrative questions and our business helplines at CFIB we're getting, we normally get 50 calls a day. We are at 800 per day because of the, the, the real concern over COVID-19 and the effects on small, small firms. So what's happening when people call your toll-free line? Are, are they uh, being put in a queue or did you hire more people to handle all the questions? Or, you know, how, how quick is the response time? We've been doing pretty well. We've uh, we had some struggles there at the beginning. I typically have about 20 staff that do this as their full-time job. And I have now increased that by redeploying people from other parts of the organization to the point where we have now 100 people taking calls every day uh, from, from business owners. And look, these the, the business owners are absolutely, in many cases, they're calling absolutely paralyzed. They don't know what to do. They've been shut down now for weeks. Everybody assumed that this was going to be a few, you know, perhaps a couple of weeks of a shutdown, but we're now closing the second month of the shutdown of virtually all businesses in Canada. 80% of small and medium-sized companies are partially or completely shut down as a result of the pandemic. Dan, I heard you uh, do an interview uh, about two weeks into this, and um, one of the things that you brought up was that the mood of small business owners is dire. You're getting a lot of calls uh, from business owners that say they can't do it anymore, and in fact, we're, uh, it's hard to even talk about looking at ending their lives. What's the status like now? Has the mood increased somewhat? <clears throat> It is a little bit better than that. Uh, still, a lot of business owners are calling in in really dire circumstances. Many of them have tried to make sure that they pay their employees and have left themselves with no income. I spoke to a, a business owner who, op- who opened her business just before the holiday, uh, just before COVID started, and uh, and paid all of her employees and has left herself with two hundred dollars, remortgaged her home, 
which uh, is in, in now in jeopardy of being taken as a result of all of this. This is, you know, these are, you know, behind every business is a family and, yeah. and the pressure on them is immense. The, the, the calls related to uh, threatening their lives, those have, I think, dropped over the last little while. And I think part of that is that governments have come to the table with some meaningful support measures. They, they introduced the wage subsidy that we're talking about right now. There's also an emergency business account where a business can borrow $40,000 and repay only 30 of that. And plus, the Prime Minister just announced on Friday a rent subsidy. Um, it needs a lot of work, but at least it will help businesses pay the bills. Uh, if they're renting location, the average is $10,000 a month, and they may be getting zero income. You can imagine how challenging that would be to make the books work. Dan, I want to touch on this if we could go back to the original question, which was um, because I think we left something out uh, on business owners, if they could be eligible for the uh, Canada emergency wage subsidy, um, if they, you know, as far as themselves and getting their wages covered, they won't be eligible if they change the legal structure of the business since March 15th. How many businesses have done that, do you think? Uh, I don't think there's too terribly many. What the government's trying to prevent is that, that, you know, business owners kind of uh, throwing out all their buddies on their payroll, changing their business structure, uh, announcing sudden changes in order to maximize the, the money that they're getting from government. And I get why the government is doing that. We want to make sure that they don't put so many rules and conditions in place that then the subsidy, then people just throw up their hands and say, well, I'm not even going to bother going through the paper chase here. I'm just going to shut her down. Uh, remember, there are 1.1 million businesses with paid staff across Canada, and every one of them has some unique circumstances. So <laughs> that's been the challenge in providing uh, providing a solution for all of them. Yesterday, the premier announced uh, that, you know, the hows of how we would start opening up the uh, the province, not the whens. He didn't get too specific in, in dates or even businesses that would be involved in this plan to reopen the province. Was that enough for small business owners or, you know, do you think uh, it left more confused? Well, look, it was it was light. Uh I will say I have great sympathy for government to try to get this balance right. They have to balance the health concerns with the economic concerns related to COVID-19. And I have no no members of of CFIB or no business owners that I'm speaking to are calling saying, yeah, we should just, we're we're done now. Let's just reopen everything full bore and and think of this as as a solved issue. What I am hearing from business owners is a lot of questions about whether the emergency services rule or the the essential services rules could be lightened to allow a trickle of business income to very small companies. Uh, Many have pointed out, you know, if you can go to Walmart or Costco and buy a frying pan or a garden hose, why are we shutting and stand in a big line of people? uh, Why are we shutting down a thousand square foot business uh, and not allowing them to serve zero customers? because they don't happen to sell groceries at the same time. We feel that small companies could actually be part of the solution here by, by having more options for consumers mm-hmm. to go and buy things. We don't even allow in Ontario curbside pickup. And we pointed out to government that British Columbia, that seems to have uh, got their you know, curve flattened quite well, better than in Ontario, they have allowed construction to continue to operate. They've allowed curbside pickup for all retailers, not just a select few. We feel like there's some more practical measures. Again, we're being guided by the advice of the Chief Medical Officers of Health, as we should. But we think that there, that there are ways. We've learned from the grocery model. 
and just tell us what we need to do. Do we need to put some protective shields in place before, in front of the cashier? Do we need to make sure that there's gloves and, and somebody outside limiting the numbers to one or two people at a time? Those are some of the practical measures we think we could start now because this isn't going away anytime soon. Let's yeah. just, we thought this was going to be a two-week thing. And as I said, we're now in, in month two and, and potentially going into month three. We've got Dan, you bring up such a you you bring up such a great point. Uh, I hate to bust in, but I want to get to a couple of things before we run out of time. But you, the the great point you bring up is more options means we're spread out more in 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 various locations. And I, I is is there a problem with the premiers when they talk that they're only focusing on medical issues? They're not focusing on the business angle to learn from each other. Is that why we we've got this disconnect between BC and Ontario? You know, it's it's funny. I mean, uh, the the premier himself is a small business person and has I, I you can tell that he really wants to make sure that we can quickly get the economy rebooted as fast as possible. So I have great sympathy for him and his the position that he's in. But I do think we need to take more care and reason and learn from other provinces, other jurisdictions. Germany is starting by allowing the smallest stores to reopen first. And that makes a lot of sense. I mean, a lot of small companies, you know this from your own neighborhood, they may serve 10 customers a day. There's no giant line there. And and yet mm-hmm. they're prevented from even opening. And that, that to us doesn't make a ton of sense. Dan, is, is there a possible uh, bright light at the end of this pandemic? And is it the case of, you know, uh, we are seeing a lot of business owners taking care of employees first, you know, paying themselves last. Do you think we're going to see a switch from an us and them menta- mentality when it comes to uh, employees looking at employers uh, it, to, uh, wait a minute, we're all in this together. Is I, it going to really be good for so. business? I, I really hope so. I think that there's some, you know, there's some strong bonds that if an employer is doing their best to try to, uh, to, try to help out their employees in the breach, uh, hopefully that will be rewarded with some, some, some real loyalty uh, as, as we reopen. Second, there are a lot of businesses that have been using this as an opportunity to get online where they've been a little bit slow to do that. That may provide some long-term dividends. And I also hope that consumers recognize the importance of helping out and patronizing the local independent businesses in their own backyard. Uh, That is so critical. And as we think about the future, again, there's nothing wrong with buying something from a big box store. But these local companies in your in in your own community really do need your help. They're not going to be there if we don't support them. I'm hoping that that once the uh, once the emergency the essential services rules are lifted, I'm hoping that consumers will flock back to the small businesses right in their own backyard.